Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
It is a pleasure to enhance our Lagba Omer with Avraham Rosenblum and the Diasperados.
J.M. in the A.M. Amude Sheish Boys Choir. Baruch Haba. Izzy Kiefer's Lo Yisagoy. Modaani done by Aryeh Kunzler. Ari Goldwag's Something Different. Kol Yisrael, that was Baruch Levine. Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados with Tzadik off of our uh, Lagba Omer recording. Amude Sheish Boys Choir with Baruch Hagever and Regesh. Modaani opening things up. And we say good morning. And the reason that I pulled out a couple of Amude Sheish classics is I was so sad to hear of the news of Shmuel Borger's passing. I learned of it from a, a post that uh, Shlaimi Ash had uh, posted on Facebook. And um, very sad to hear. Very talented man. And uh, we spent some time with him about... Oh, I would say 25 years ago when he was releasing uh, a new album. And um, just remember him being a very friendly fellow and uh, was very sad to hear of uh, of his passing. Um, trying to find here what exactly what uh, Schleimy wrote. Um can't find it this moment, but if I come across it, I'll mention it uh, later on. Thursday morning, JM in the AM. On this uh, May the 20th, day number nine in the month of Sivan. Hard to believe it's a Thursday, right? (laughs) Especially for those of us in the diaspora who had half a week of Yontif. Hard to believe it's already Thursday morning. 63 degrees with 51% humidity. Winds are east at 2 miles per hour. Sun, clouds, a high 73. Then tonight, cloudy skies. A low of 57 degrees. And tomorrow, partly cloudy. A high Friday of 75. 87 right now in Yerushalayim. 63 here. 
in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. We pray for the safety and welfare of our brothers and sisters in Israel. Um, We pray that the IDF and IAF can deter and destroy the enemy that's trying to destroy our brothers and sisters. We pray for everybody around the world who um, potentially, God forbid, as we're learning, can be targets of anti-Semitic episodes at a moment's notice. Let's be extra careful and extra diligent out there, everybody. We are losing our friends, and uh, we are losing them in a uh, in a very big way, unfortunately. Our political friends, our social media friends, let's do what we can to uh, stick together and continue to fight for what we know is right. There's a, um, there's a headline in the Jerusalem Post describing an article and a chart that shows how Hamas built their underground terror network in the heart of Gaza. It is unbelievable. It is really unbelievable just to look at this thing and to see what the, uh, what the enemy does to set up terror infrastructure. It's really amazing. Hamas has been dealt a heavy blow, according to uh, analysts, Writing in the Jerusalem Post, they were surprised and shocked by the Israeli response to all of this. The um, electric company union refuses to fix electricity lines to Gaza until the Israelis who were captured and or murdered uh, are returned, until the remains are returned. That was another um, headline that caught my eye, frankly. Some people are standing up. Some people have had enough. They've had enough. And uh, we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. I do uh, want to mention that um, one of the admirable things that uh, Jews in the diaspora can do, and frankly, it's a uh, it's something that now seems to come with some risk, so it makes it even more admirable. Um. There are coast-to-coast pro-Israel rallies going on, and there's one scheduled for the for the 23rd of May, which is this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. at the at Seven World Trade Center in New York City. So I'm going to ask everybody to um, try very hard to stand together with Israel and be at the World Trade Center, Seven World Trade Center, in New York City this coming Sunday, beginning at 11 a.m. <clears throat> There'll be a 3 p.m. rally on Sunday on Long Island at Grace Avenue Park. There'll be a 3 p.m. rally in Rochester at Louis Wolk Park, or at the Louis Wolk JCC, rather. And there are others that are happening. Um, try your hardest to be part of it. And I know that it's a... Uh, it is... Um, it, can, it can be somewhat uncomfortable now. The way the enemy is reacting to people who are supporting Israel can be somewhat uncomfortable. I'm asking everyone to be uncomfortable. Try to be there 11 a.m. this coming Sunday. J.M. in the a.m. Thursday morning at 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is scheduled to join us later on.
Like I said, we're losing friends in Congress. Boy, are we losing friends in Congress. Um, we got to keep the friends we have. She'll join us coming up. Also, uh, Israel is supposedly reopening. I say supposedly because, frankly, we were supposed to be on a flight to Israel this coming weekend, but that's not happening. Uh, but hopefully in the next month or two, you'll see a surge in tourism, we pray. And uh, David Cutler and his uh, NCSY summer programs will hopefully be partly responsible for that. He'll join us coming up later on right here at JMAM as well. So keep it here, everybody, at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's a big Thursday because every Thursday is, and we'll continue with more uh, all the way until 9 o'clock with JM and the AM and great programming all day long right here at NSN with JM and the AM.
Let's 
J.M. in the A.M. L'mikdashech, that was Shlomo Kalbach, the Yedidim Choir, had Hatoiv. I'm Mekadashe, it's from Yehuda Green, Nachas with Bischarzeh, V'chol Achayim, done by Dove Shuren and Yaakov Shweki with Inshallah. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Shabbat. Around the world, the web, and Nachum Sigal.com, and the Nachum Sigal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Yeah, no question about it. Shomer Hamot. That is the name of the operation that Israel's involved with. And boy, do we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel and certainly for the IDF and all the uh, soldiers and personnel that are hopefully deterring and destroying the enemy. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JMN. Galitzal, Hashash Time. Kanehut Graf in Mashikorea Shav. Nivza, Shomer Hachomot, Hayoma Hadassar. מתחים כבדים לעבר עוטף עזה, באר שבע, מרכז הנגב והפזורה הבדואית. מדווח כתבנו בדרום, רמי שני. ארגון חמאס ירה רקטות ארוכות טווח לאזור מזרח הנגב ורקטות קיצור טווח לאזור המועצות האזוריות חוף אשקלון ואשכול. בכל המקומות הרקטות נפלו בשטחים פתוחים או יורטו על ידי ההגנה האווירית באמצעות מערכת כיפת ברזל. אין מידע על נפגעים או על נזקים שנגרמו כתוצאה של נפילת הרקטות. שייקה שקד, תושב נתיב העשרה, קורא אצל עידן קבלר ביומן הצהריים, תושבי העוטף הם מגרש המשחקים של החמאס. אני מאוד מקווה שהסעיף הזה שנקרא דין עוטף עזה כדין תל אביב בירושלים, ייכנס למוח של האנשים ושל הנהגה. ישתרש בחמאס שאנחנו פה בעוטף עזה, מגרש המשחקים שלהם, שהוא יכול לשגר, הוא יכול לשרוף. וזה הכל בתחום כללי המשחק המותרים. שרי החוץ של גרמניה, צ'כיה וסלובקיה, שנחתו הבוקר בישראל, ביקרו בהריסות בניין שנפגע מרקטה בפתח תקווה. שם קיבלו סקירה ביטחונית ממפקד פיקוד העורף, האלוף אורן, אורי, סליחה, גורדין, ושר החוץ גבי אשכנזי. שר החוץ של צ'כיה אמר כי לישראל יש זכות מלאה להגן על אזרחיה. גם שר החוץ הסלובקי הצהיר כי ירי החמאס חייב להיפסק. הוארך בארבעה ימים מעצרו של השייח כמאל ח'טיב, בכיר התנועה האסלאמית, החשוד בהסתה. מדווח כתבנו לענייני החברה הערבית, דורון קדוש. ח'טיב נעצר בסוף השבוע שעבר בעקבות פעילות הסתה והתססה שביצע בקרב ערביי ישראל לאחר המהומות במסגד אל-אקצא. בית משפט השלום בחיפה קיבל באופן חלקי את בקשת המשטרה והסכים להאריך את מעצרו עד יום שני. עורך דינו של ח'טיב דחה את החשדות נגדו בשיחה עם גלי צה"ל ואמר אם מישהו רואה בדבריו הסתה זה על אחריותו בלבד, מדובר בדעה פוליטית לגיטימית. על רקע המצב הביטחוני, בג"ץ העניק לשר החינוך יואב גלנט חודש נוסף להכריע האם הפרופסור השנוי במחלוקת עודד גולדרייך יקבל את פרס ישראל. כתבתנו לענייני חינוך, איילת ברון. בית המשפט העליון העניק לשר יואב גלנט וליועץ המשפטי לממשלה 30 ימים נוספים לבחון את הענקת הפרס לפרופסור גולדרייך. בבקשת הדחייה ציין השר גלנט כי הוא חבר בקבינט המדיני-ביטחוני וכי הוא והיועץ המשפטי לממשלה עוסקים בימים אלה במצב הביטחוני. 
הביטחוני. לפני כחודשיים ניתן למדינה חודש לבחון האם הפרופסור גולדך עבר על חוק החרם, ואם יש בכך כדי למנוע את קבלת פרס ישראל במתמטיקה ומדעי המחשב, מועד שנדחה מאז מספר פעמים. תחזית מזג האוויר, היום עלייה נוספת בטמפרטורות וחם מהרגיל עד שרבי. בדרום הארץ הרוחות תתחזקנה וייתכן אובך. אלה החדשות שעורכת שיר עזרף.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning with Aish and Kishoshana. Uh Before that, Miami by request, Mila Shem here at J.M. in the A.M. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. By the way, Primetime Parent, the playlist, um, if you if you email Avrami, af at nahumsegel.com, af at nahumsegel.com, he'll give you a link to our playlist. Um, we don't usually post it, but we certainly give people access to it. So feel free to be in touch with him if that is your desire. Sun and clouds today, a high 73, 87 right now in Yerushalayim. As we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel during these difficult times. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H, Abel's and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi, is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954, available at better kosher supermarkets, nationwide and by the um, Memorial Day weekend between now and Memorial Day weekend A&H hot dogs will be moving into Trader Joe's if you're shopping at Trader Joe's you'll find the A&H hot dogs and you will find them uh, again between now and the Memorial Day weekend they'll be in all the Trader Joe's nationwide how do you like that Pretty good, huh? I would say so. Thursday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. This one is a uh, selection from Ari Goldwag at JM in the AM. Yeah, I got it all. I got 
chains the ponytail They tell a story outwardly A mere disguise for something pure that's Closely concealed, soon ready to be recognized There's so much more just beyond that image Deeper than the eye can see There's a vision of untapped potential All that he can be Whoever thought that one Shabbos meal Can seal its way into a searching heart They may not show it, but they've witnessed something real And that experience can be the lasting start Before you know it, it's not about some magic Words of wisdom you impart Sometimes the greatest inspiration is you Just being who you are A heart open wide
just an ordinary day Was it anyone I know? How can life go on this way? A holy land of Israel How much grief can you sustain? We search for words of courage To help you ease the pain Deep break, be strong We're standing proud Seeking comfort and the strength to persevere. A nation of survivors, one family filled with pride. Oh, land of milk and honey, we will always stand. Stand by the side of the brave, be strong. We stand as one. Be brave, be strong. J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. Ah, yes, 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 yes. We stand as one. I played that song. In fact, I went through the half hour because I just, I felt we uh, we, we have to continue to uh, broadcast messages to ourselves and to our brothers and sisters in Israel that we are there. We are there for you, and we are there 
uh, with prayer, with thoughts, and we are there on the streets, on the streets that are becoming dangerous streets, frankly. Now it takes even more guts to get out there and protest on behalf of Israel, and I am encouraging it. I am not avoiding it, believe you me. I'm not avoiding it. Anybody who knows me knows I'm not avoiding it. This coming Sunday, Stand with Israel, United Against Terror in coast-to-coast pro-Israel rallies. In New York, 11 a.m., 7 World Trade Center. In New York, 11 a.m., 7 World Trade Center. Again, in New York, 11 a.m., 7 World Trade Center. This coming Sunday. Um, yeah, what can I say? Try to be there. Try very hard to be there. We need everybody. These days, boy, do we need everybody. Jew and Gentile alike. Any supporter of Israel, we need you. Simple as that. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Oh, before the uh, we stand, there's one, by the way. David Lowy with Inspire. Yeshli I called on by Ari Goldwag. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read, That Klau Yisrael was chosen to be blessed by the Kohanim. Rashi explains, Lo you should not bless them in a hurry or in a state of confusion, but with great intention and feeling and with a whole heart. The Medrash Tanchuma similarly follows in the same manner. Not because I said to you that you should bless Israel hurriedly or in a state of confusion, but you should bless them with with feeling of the heart in order that the bracha will be complete. We find in the Medrash a fascinating comment, In other words, what does it mean that you should be guarded? You should be guarded at the end. The great Rabbi Yisachar Dov of Bells explained that there were tzaddikim, that it was possible that they could have brought Mashiach. The only thing is, if they would have brought Mashiach in a state of confusion at a time when it was too hurried, then unfortunately the Mashiach would have come amidst bloodshed, would have come amidst wars. However, Hashem wanted it, that it should come in a state of tranquility and peace. And that is how he explained the tefillah, ercha, and to Yerushalayim, your holy city, v'rachamim toshuv, may we return in mercy, that the geula, that the future redemption will be with great rachamim, with great mercy, uvechasodim gimurim, and complete loving kindness. That is also what we read at the end of Meseches Tomid, Yerotzon she'ibona beisamikdosh b'heirav yomeinu, that Hashem Yisbarach should build the beisamikdosh quickly in our days, she'ibona beratzon, it means that it should be built with great loving kindness, with great chesed. It is well known that the great tzaddik, Rebbe Limelech of Lezhensk, had what we call today a hoizbacher, a young man that would stay in the house together with Rebbe Limelech. If the great tzaddik needed something in the evening or something in the middle of the night, this young man would attend to whatever his needs were. One night, this young man was awoken, and he heard crying 
in almost wailing, coming from the room of Rabbi Limelech of Lezhensk. He thought perhaps that the tzaddik was in trouble, that he was ill, so he ran and he listened outside the door. But as he listened, he realized that there was somebody else who was also crying, and their voices emanated from the room. The young man was terrified. He didn't know what to do, so he decided he's going to open the door just a crack and see if everything was okay. As he went in, he saw that there was an elderly man with a long flowing beard, and that man was sitting on a chair, and Rebbe Limelech was almost begging, begging and pleading for something. But as he was begging, the elderly man kept swaying his head back and forth, no, no, no. The young man realized that he had witnessed something and he was very scared because he knew it was otherworldly. He quickly closed the door and ran back to his room. The next morning, the great Sadik saw the young man, his attendant, and he knew by the look on his face that he had seen something the night before. He called him into his study, and he asked him if he saw something the previous night. The young man said, yes, he did. He saw that Rebbe Limelech was pleading and crying, but the elderly man seemed to have been saying no. The great Sadiq explained, that elderly man was a Leoa Novi, and Rebbe Limelech had begged him that Mashiach Tzidkenu should come, that the Redeemer should come and redeem us from captivity. However, Elio Anovi said, it is not the time right now. If Mashiach Tzidkenu will come, he will have to come through blood that is knee-deep. It is better that Mashiach should come at a time of Rachamim. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizek. Have a nice day.
Rachamon, Nova Rachamon, Nova Rachamon, Shema Koilenu. Nashum Litzioi, Nashum Litzioi, Nashum Litzioi, Il Kotsheinu. Shelach Shelahar Ben Doi, Fingo Lehenu. Venishloi Po, Biyad Ramor, Fong Biyad Ramor. Thursday morning broadcast. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Big day here at the network. Well, it's always a big day here at the network. That's true. But Thursdays, for some reason, are really, really big days here at the network. Anybody ever figure that out? Just be a study. We should do a study. Why are Thursdays (laughs) such big days at the network? Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock. Allison Josephs at 10 speaks to Jenny Goldfarb, creator of Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. Miriam Alwalik at 10.30. Miriam this morning at um, 10.30 on That's Life is going to be speaking with somebody who I didn't realize uh, has made as much of an impact um, as they have. Shira Lankin-Sheps of the Layers Project is Miriam's guest at 10.30. Shira Lankin-Sheps of the Layers Project. 11 o'clock for the live lunch, 7 p.m. tonight for Mark Zomik in the Arab Shabbos show. And uh, that's, of course, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Get ready for an amazing Thursday and Friday in preparation for Shabbos because we are your soundtrack for an Arab Shabbos, us right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. David Cutler is with us live via telephone. He is the leader. He is the chief. He is the head of one of the most important youth programs in the Jewish world, and that is the uh, NCSY summer programs. You you can't imagine, even with all the um, pushback, and trust me, I could speak to the pushback because we were supposed to leave for Israel this weekend. <laughs> so I could speak to the pushback. With all the pushback by what's happening in Israel and their lackadaisical approach to who should be able to uh, visit 
and or work in the Holy Land right now. Um, NCSY Summer is still planning on an incredible summer program, many summer programs, and many of them in the state of Israel. Baruch Hashem. David Cutler, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Great to be here. How are you? Baruch Hashem. One of the things we do have to give the state of Israel and its government credit for, and they proved this to a degree last summer, but certainly more during the school year with seminaries and yeshivot, they are willing uh, to make whatever uh, concessions and arrangements are necessary to get large groups into Israel. Maybe not large groups like I would go with, but certainly the youth groups. I hope on May 20th today, you're getting that feeling that the state of Israel is ready to cooperate with NCSY. Oh, very much so. It's really one of the things that I, when, when I always enjoy speaking to you and talking to you about what we're doing, but I have very specific things I want to talk to you today about, about the state of Eretz Israel and why we're, we're so excited for this summer, perhaps like never before, uh, because, because of the fact, if you, if you would have asked me two months ago where we were going to end up this summer, uh, we were planning on bringing well over 2,000 kids to Israel this summer. And if you would have asked me two months ago where we were going to be, I was going to say, listen, we're, we just haven't made any headway. We're going to end up in the States. And uh, Baruch Hashem, I'm proud to tell you that as of today, May 20th, we have over 1,500 kids plus several hundred staff um, scheduled to go to Israel this summer, which, again, is just a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. And that, may, and, that, and that could grow or not? The reason I ask is because it seems now we're in an accelerated state of, uh, of the COVID-19 situation, meaning that June 20th may look very, very different than May 20th. You couldn't say that about one month to another just a short time ago. Do you think things might even get better over the next few weeks? So they already did. We, we basically cut it off. We're, basically, our cutoff is the end of this week. To be honest mm. with you, like today, tomorrow is, is only because of the paperwork that we have to fill out. Uh, so we actually saw a really nice spike over the last couple of weeks, especially, again, with the, the, the availability of the vaccine for 12 to 15-year-olds, which is a requirement to get into Israel this summer. Um, so we already saw a very nice spike over the last couple of weeks, Baruch Hashem. And, uh, and that's why we're just anticipating such a, such a beautiful, wonderful summer. Um, for, for really, we're, we're going to have 2,000 people of our individuals between staff and kids in Israel this summer participating in the program, which is incredible. Well, in advance of this conversation, uh, you had said to me that this is going to be an even larger responsibility than a typical summer. Now, you take a typical summer's responsibility for your staff and campers in Israel, or I should say uh, participants in Israel, very seriously. How much more so for the summer of 2021? It's so hard to put that into words. It, it, it's a tremendous, tremendous... You're, you're absolutely correct. Every year, our responsibility to these kids, the, the summer is such a critical time. Summer can be a time where you're continuing the incredible work you do during the year, and then, or God forbid, it could be the opposite, where kids have have such productive you know, school years and doing wonderful and all. God forbid, if they're not active and growing and learning in the summer, it could be, it could be a tremendous disaster. And so we take our, our responsibility over the summer and, and year-round in NCSY very seriously. Uh, but this summer, coming out of COVID and coming off a summer that was completely canceled, and, and with what's going on in Israel recently and just everything that's happened, our responsibility has never been greater. Um, and we couldn't be more ready and more excited about the challenge and the responsibility that's on our shoulders. Um, and we're, we're, we're embracing it, and we're, we're very, very grateful you know, to the state of Israel, to the people that are getting us in, to the, to the arrangements that are being made on our behalf. And again, we have several hundred, you know, five, six hundred kids here in the States also on our programs, and, 
and it's so critical this summer after what happened last summer after everyone really having a summer canceled on them and not being able to congregate like you know and, and have the, that summer of fun and, and relaxation and growth and yeah. And it's just, it's so critical for us to, to be able to do that this summer, and we're very excited. Don't have to sell me on that. I know how important Jewish education during the summer is, even if it's more un- informal education. David Cutler's with us. He leads NCSY Summer. All right, last question about Israel before we move to what's happening over here. Do you? Know, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you know offhand when it officially starts, when the first flight lands in Israel? First as in NCSY or first as in all the programs? No. The, 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 the first groups that are going to be allowed into Israel as their pilot uh, program, if you will, are landing on May 23rd. No, but I'm talking about yours. Actually. I'm talking about your program. Our first, our first program, we're waiting for our first Ishur. Our first one leaves on June 16th. Oh, uh, that's yeah. the very first. And then everybody else, all of our other programs start at the end of June, June 28th, June 29th, or the rest of the programs. Uh, and the, what I really wanted to tell you today more than anything else, which is the reason I wanted to make it so so clear to you, we we gave, we and all the other youth organizations a couple months ago, when things weren't that clear, uh, asked our, all of our applicants, we said, listen, we're not sure what's going to be with the story this summer with Israel. Here are some options here in the United States that based on, you know, COVID and the progression that we know we're going to run. And the overwhelming majority, literally 90, 95 percent said, we are going to wait. See what happens in Israel. We're going to literally put our summer on hold and in jeopardy. Nice. Uh, and, and, and risk doing nothing this summer until last second because we want to go to Israel this summer. And we found that not only with us and, and not only the Orthodox, which is across the denominations, everyone wants to go to Israel so badly. Uh, and it was so inspiring to see uh, that literally over 90 something percent of the people, and this is us and all the other organizations, uh, opted into Israel and said, We are waiting for Eretz Israel to open up. We want to go to Israel this summer. Are, are you um, getting Are you getting the same feeling over the last week? Because we know how when things flare up in Israel, people could change their mind. But for some reason, I'm thinking that the spirit of getting there is greater than ever. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely, 100%. Listen, people are it spooks people a little bit when you hear you know missiles and right. you see what's going on. Right. Uh, but again, where if this was if we were leaving you know the next week or the week after, I think there'd be more uh, more more concern as far as that's concerned. Um, but no, people people could not be more excited and and are literally you know we have we have the twelve to fifteen year olds now lining up to get vaccinated um, and just just who, are, who everyone's just so excited to go they're like they're like they're like whatever we have to do to get there you know we'll we'll, we'll take the different tests we have to take the right. you know bio, serological and this and that and we'll do whatever we have to take and we're going to get there and we're going to enjoy David Cutler's with I'm us. Back. All right, what's happening on this side of the world? The fifteen hundred uh, youngsters are going to be heading to Israel. The hundreds that remain here. What type of domestic programs are going to be going on? So it's very exciting. So we have we have certainly people that are either not able to get vaccinated or just simply also you know also uncomfortable with Eretz Yisrael, what's going on there on there now, or just other they're not old enough necessarily. We also have programs you know for for post eighth graders and ninth graders. Uh, so cr- we created a number of programs here on the West Coast in the United States because, again, our secret sauce is our staff. No matter our, 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 our sweet spot, where we prefer to be is obviously Eric Israel, but we have wonderful programs here in Baltimore. We have wonderful programs here upstate New York, wonderful programs in the West Coast. Wow. So we created a couple of new programs on the West Coast this option this summer, uh, both for public school kids and for yeshiva kids. And we, ha- we, have, we already have four or five buses of kids, and that number is growing. Uh, because now, again, we're coming out of COVID. People are, are able to gather. People are, you know, the restrictions are easing. People are feeling good. And, and Baruch Hashem, we have, we have well over five, 600 kids wow. here on our domestic programs 
Um, and we, we already have four or five buses of kids going to the West Coast this summer. Um, <laughs> and it's just very, we're actually struggling to, uh, you know, if anybody out there is looking for, you know, counselor, advisor type jobs, we're, we're, we're looking. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we, need to, we need to be with these kids this summer. We need to inspire them and make sure that they continue to grow. Uh, again, especially after last summer, uh, our responsibility is great and, uh, and we need good people. What would be the best way for a potential counselor or advisor to reach NCSY about these West Coast jobs? Summer at NCSY.org. Summer at NCSY.org. That's both for kids and for staff. We, we, we run a dual, a dual program over the summer. The kids on our programs grow and are inspired like, like you would not imagine, and our staff members are as well. And, and we're very proud of that. We really run a program. It's obviously designed for teenagers, uh, but the staff members, uh, from, the, from the person who's literally experiencing their first summer on Colo uh, to the kid who's experiencing their first job as ever, their first time in Eric's Israel, to the advisor that went on Kolo as a kid and on Give as a kid, now is coming back as a madrich and a madricha. You can't help but be inspired. I'm 49, and I, I cannot wait to get to Israel this summer and to be inspired to spend Tishabov, God willing. Uh, we shouldn't need a Tishabov, but to be spend Tishabov at, at the Kotel and then Yom NCSY, and just just to see how how all of us as a group are inspired and grow together. Uh, over the summer is uh, it's an incredible opportunity. Well, the uh, the kids and the counselors they all appreciate it, and it's amazing to watch how so many from so many different backgrounds, and we're talking about every type of background there is, are so excited about number one getting to Israel, and number two, if they're not going to Israel, if they're on a, on one of your other programs, excited about increasing their presence in the Jewish world, increasing their Jewish education. I always. And David, you know this. It's my go-to question because I still have never gotten the answer I'm looking for. But I always, yeah. I always ask these public school kids, do you know what your classmates are doing this summer? Do you know where they're traveling to and how they're spending their time and how much fun they're having recreating the way regular American kids do? And for some reason, it's irrelevant to them. They want to be surrounded uh, by Torah, by davening, by fun, of course, fun, plenty of fun. Uh, but that's their focus. Their focus is to grow in all those areas, which is really admirable. It's really amazing. It's true. And then we, we pride ourselves on, on the kids. We have kids from all over the world and, and so many different kinds of backgrounds, a little bit affiliated, not affiliated, people who, who have literally never experienced Shabbos and Kashrus at all, don't know anything about Israel, uh, to kids who have, you know, who are Israeli and, and have been Israel, uh, you know, to Israel like, like plenty of times. Um, but then, and, and it's a credit to them that they want to spend their summer growing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're right, so you know, we're going to have 12 to 15 buses of public school kids in Israel this summer who could be spending their summer in a much different way. Yeah. But for them to be productive that way and grow with us, uh, it's, it's just tremendous. And it changes uh, that's why, them. Again, we, it's very serious. It changes them in a positive way. It changes their parents in a positive way, their families. It changes generations. We know what it does in terms of them being affiliated with and eventually uh, building Jewish families. I mean, it's just it's a real game changer. You know, we're talking about this, and you're mentioning these numbers, and we're hoping for a great summer, which please God will have. And we just don't realize that it's it, it's a real it's a real life changer for so many, and it's a real generational changer uh, for so many in this generation. So everybody really out is. there, it's so key, it's so key. Yeah, it's and so, you, by the way, you hit the nail on the head. These changes, not just these fourteen to fifteen and sixteen year olds, it changes their whole families yep. and the trajectory of where where they're heading in their lives. And just so many of these kids will end up marrying Jewish just yep. because of the summer they spend with us. And, and that's, I mean, how, how, how humongous is that? And I have to, I have to, in most cases, I'm sure there are certain cases that are not like this, but I got to give credit to the parents 
because often we, you know, we might be critical of those who are not ritually observant, who are not, uh, you know, spending their, uh, their, their, you know, um, uh, their time in a Jewish atmosphere, let's put it that way. And yet they understand the importance of sending their kids to a program like this. They understand the importance of, you know, of wanting their children to grow in this area, even if they didn't have the same experience growing up. And I think that's admirable. I think that parents, in most cases, again, I know there are exceptions in terms of, you know, parents and kids, you know, uh, on this issue of the summer. Uh, but in most cases, the parents are, are really cooperative and uh, encouraging. And I think it's really important to point that. Sometimes, I think sometimes we, from the background that we have, I, I think certain people... Uh, in our category, will automatically think that a kid is doing something trying to uh, enhance their religious observance, and it's against the will of their parents. So often, it's with their parents, not just consent, but with their encouragement. So, hundred percent. I, I think we have found more and more now. Yeah. We used to find, I think, back, I think back in the day, so to speak, that it was it was really against their parents' will, and we had to almost kind of work around the parents. And that, now it's so much more of a family initiative. And when they come back, you should know our follow-up programming and our continued relationships are, are based around the family. We don't just follow up and continue programming with the kid and encourage the kid to come you know, to an NCSY uh, staff member's house for Shabbos. The, the programming is geared towards the family. Uh, and it's a very big shift in mindset to be able to, to get the family involved and to get them bought in and to get them excited about Shabbos and mitzvot and, and and it changes the whole trajectory, and it changes the community. And we have communities inviting other communities over um, just to, again, to become familiar with Shabbos and excited about Yiddishkeit, and it's very, very game-changing and very, very life-changing across the entire community. No question about it. Summer.ncsy.org. Last-minute information, certainly information about the uh, programs that are taking place here in the U.S., and those of you who would like to apply, be a counselor, a leader, a madrich, uh, in any of these programs, you got to be in touch with the people at NCSY and do so today, summer.ncsy.org. David Cutler, anything you'd like to add, sir? I want to thank you for your time, always, Nachum. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and again, we, we couldn't be more excited uh, to, to run with over 2,000 kids this summer uh, all, all across the world, all across the country. And uh, we, everyone should, you know, again, like you said, summer.ncsy.org or summer.ncsy.org for more information. And, uh, and Baruch Hashem, we're, uh, we're so grateful. And uh, we're, I'm speaking to you live today from Connecticut where our staff is gathering uh, to prepare for the summer. And to really, this is our, this is our opening weekend, if you will. This is our, uh, this is our spring training. Boys, so we're, uh, summer has begun. So we're, 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 summer has begun for us. Summer we kicked off, begun. and uh, in, in a number of weeks, we will start. <laughs> Very exciting, especially coming off of last year. This is really exciting, <laughs> to really say is. the least. Thank Just you, David. gathering together. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. David Cutler, he leads the summer, uh, NCSY Summer. Go to uh, summer.ncsy.org, get the information. Make sure your children are all set for the summer, and make sure that if you have a child or if you yourself are a teenager or an older teenager who wants to be a madrich, a counselor, be in touch with the folks at NCSY. It's 8 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. Oh, by the way, I wanted to mention, because we were going through the list of some of the uh, rallies that are taking place this weekend, including the one here in New York at Seven World Trade Center, and I wanted to mention that uh, one of our listeners tells me that there's a rally in Charlotte at 6 p.m. tonight. A rally in Charlotte at 6 p.m. tonight. Kolakavod, Kolakavod, this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlhamSingle.com and the AlhamSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app.
J.M. and the A.M. Shragi Gestetner, a name that's uh, even more familiar to us now with Simbracha. Yafi Fisa was done by Shalshelis Jr. Thursday morning here, J.M. and the A.M. Well, uh, to say that uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is a friend of the uh, Jewish community is an understatement. I, I mentioned just a few minutes ago how we have to hold on tightly to our friends because we have so many so many on social media, so many who are showing up to our rallies and beating up supporters of Israel, so many people out there in Congress, Congress, which usually was a you know safe haven for pro-Israel positions, and uh, we're losing our friends, and we're losing them quickly. One friend who, thank God, has been only supportive and so strong in light of what's going on with the Operation Guardian of the Walls in Israel is Congresswoman Nicole Moliotakis. She's, of course, the newly elected congresswoman in the 11th Congressional District. If you're in Staten Island, if you're in South Brooklyn, um, she most likely represents you. Uh, congresswoman Nicole Moliotakis, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me again. What am I supposed to say? You're one of the only ones. You're one of the only ones who are taking a a logical, strong position regarding Israel's right to defend themselves I don't know if it shocks you as much as it's shocking us about how many members of Congress, most not from your party, uh, that are taking uh, very unusual positions in terms of how they're viewing the situation. Uh, Are you feeling you're fighting a battle uh, somewhat alone in Washington right now with how many people are coming out with statements that that, uh, that seem absurd to, to people who care about Israel? Well, well, first, I guess let me say, back in 2019, when I visited Israel, 
Uh, and uh, I, I spoke to some of the citizens there, and, and they told me that for the first time they felt that America could possibly be wavering in its support of Israel. And this was, of yeah. course, shortly after uh, people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar and the others uh, were elected. Uh, and uh, we can never allow that to happen. We need to ensure that the United States always stands with Israel. And yes, there are those members of Congress. Uh, thankfully, it's a small group. It's not... Uh, it's not mainstream, and we can't allow it to become mainstream in Congress, uh, but there are members of Congress who do not want to support Israel. They don't want to provide any aid. They want to stop President Biden's uh, sale of weapons to protect Israel. Uh, and, and, you know, there are those of us, particularly, in, uh, you know, those of us on the Foreign Affairs Committee, we had 100 members yesterday uh, sign on to a letter urging President Biden to stand strong, not to waver, and to ensure that that weapon sale is complete, because Israel does have the right to protect itself, defend itself, and it is our most important ally uh, for multiple reasons uh, when it comes to you know, national security, economic partnerships, uh, IP and innovation, uh, education, uh, and we have to ensure that uh, Israel is protected. And so uh, I, I think that uh, we're in a good place right now in terms of uh, in keeping that uh, that that transaction from. Continue, I'm sorry to continue that transaction, uh, and I think that the Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, many of us, uh, including uh, the chairman, by the way, because I know originally the chairman was saying that uh, he thought there should be a pause, right, and he has removed that. Uh, opposition and said he will support the Biden administration in proceeding. And so I think it's really important for the public to understand. Uh, but yes, we are in a in a difficult position that we've been in the past with some members of Congress who actually are defending Hamas, defending a, a United States designated terrorist organization that has been on the terrorist list uh, since mid-1990s. And that is shocking. And I think, uh, as you say, shocking to the community shocking to those of us who understand the importance of our alliance and also standing up against terrorism. Which, by the way, if they were as concerned about the $1.9 billion that uh, the United States under Obama gave to Iran that is now funding and fueling uh, Hamas and this terrorist activity against Israel, uh, we'd be in a better place right now. And you know there are people that are accusing President Biden, who restarted certain payments to the PA, which, of course, ends up going to Hamas and to all these terrorist efforts. Uh, they're crediting him with strengthening Hamas and giving them the ability to fund these rocket launches and these episodes against Israel. So, you know, the, the strong stand that we got used to for a few years, the strong stand for Israel coming out of Washington, it looks like that's evaporated, and now we're trying to just hold on to whatever we can get from our public officials down in Washington. Well, that's uh, that's the case, but just know that you uh, have allies like me and uh, on the Foreign Affairs Committee yeah. that are going to look out in the interest of our allies and ensure that uh, you know they they don't take uh, any radical actions. And we also, by the way, did do a resolution. Uh, Carlos Jimenez of Miami and myself uh, co-sponsored a resolution condemning uh, Hamas, and uh, that's something that we urge the committee to bring to the floor for a vote. And it's interesting. We had an eight-hour meeting yesterday in Foreign Affairs, and we took up all sorts of resolutions and nothing pertaining to Israel, which was quite shocking. And as you know, the chairman 
uh, and the, the majority, the Democrats, uh, they control that process of which resolutions come to the floor, which don't. What do you say about and? You know, I'm I'm not I'm never sure if it's fair to ask this from somebody from a different party, but why not? I'd like your analysis. What do you say about those longtime Democrats who've had such a good record when it comes to Israel's defense, when it comes to Israel's right uh, to uh, defend themselves against terror activities and rockets, and all of a sudden they're completely silent? In other words, it's not just the the few that you mentioned earlier that are having a major effect on the uh, narrative, but it seems that they're creating a sense of fear among typical Israel supporters to even have them open their mouths now in, on behalf of Israel at this time. Yeah, and, and look, we're seeing this on, on a number of different issues. And, 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 and the real issue is that some of the Democrats are really afraid of the radical left. And they're afraid of being primaried, particularly in New York City, where you see uh, somebody like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, primary the other what, what were more mainstream Democrats. And so they are now being silenced because they are afraid to take positions that the radical left will not appreciate. Um, and so that is why I believe you see a lot of silence or maybe flipping from uh, more of the mainstream Democrats that have been a little more moderate. Uh, and that's unfortunate. And I think that's the importance of somebody like me being in Congress right now, the only Republican representing New York City, is to provide that alternative viewpoint. We see it when it comes to you know, the push to defund our police to demonize the police. Uh, I'm the one that's out there fighting for law and order, protecting the NYPD, you know, trying to push for appropriations, uh, the earmarks to get funding for them, for necessary equipment, uh, because our mayor and the city council decided to cut a billion dollars from their budget. You see it with uh, Jerry Nadler's push to pack the court. Yep. Uh, I was an alternative viewpoint that the local media reached out to to say, why is this bad? And I explain why it's bad. It's bad because... This is uh, a, a page right out of the socialist playbook. It is what Hugo Chavez used to destroy Venezuela, packed the court from 20 to 32 justices, and then 45,000 consecutive cases ruled in his and Maduro's favor. And so, you know, it's important to have that uh, alternative viewpoint presented to the public so they understand uh, just what they're saying is not, is not good or accurate, and their policies are really misguided. Um, so, so that's the value that I bring, I think, for the people in New York City, so at least they can have both sides of the argument presented. Look, I mean, it's one of the reasons we invited you this morning was really to say thank you, because we need public officials to be out there and, and use their common sense to uh, to declare that Israel's a right to defend themselves. And believe you me, uh, this audience is very appreciative that you're out there on the front lines for us, and, and not just for us, but for all... <laughs> for, for all uh, uh, lovers of democracy, frankly, not just lovers of Israel. Finally, I know you have to run, but I, I, can I get a thumbnail analysis from you about the uh, the mayoral race in New York City? Anything you have or have not said purposely or not purposely about uh, about the way this race is shaping up? Yeah, well, look, to, to date I haven't made an endorsement, but uh, there are two issues that are incredibly important to me. One is public safety. Uh, we need to turn the tide here and, and go back go back to supporting our police, giving them the resources they need to do their job, uh, making sure we restore the plain clothes unit, uh, which was instrumental in getting these illegal guns off our streets. Uh, that is the reason, one of the reasons why uh, crime has skyrocketed 
And so, and we need a mayor who's going to have their back. That's number one. Number two, uh, property tax is always going to be a big issue in New York City. Unfortunately, Mayor de Blasio has uh, really abused the taxpayers of this city, increasing the property tax levy well over 50% since being in office. Uh, and it's, it's having a direct impact on cost of living, whether you're paying the property taxes directly or you're paying it through your rent. It is increasing the cost of living. Uh, and, and we need to do something about this. So somebody who's going to support my efforts to reform the property tax uh, system, place a cap on the levy, uh, that is somebody that I would like to see in office. And so what I will say is what's interesting to watch from the Democratic side is how now, uh, because a recent poll came out that said Democrats believe in public safety, too. <laughs> you know, the Democrat <laughs> citizens of New York want law and order. They want this chaos to end. And now you see them all scrambling to try to be the law and order candidate after, so after the Democrats have been the party of demonizing and defunding the police. So that's positive in the sense that uh, finally uh, the citizens of New York are standing up and saying they want public safety, they want our police force funded, and I think that that's a positive thing because it's got to come from the people of this city if they, dem- they want to demand uh, to be safe in our city, uh, which I think we all, uh, regardless of political affiliation, uh, race, religion, ethnicity, uh, and sex, want. We want to be safe in our city. And so um, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you highlighting these issues, and I'm certainly uh, looking forward to coming back as things uh, progress. N- Nicole, thank you for your common sense. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Nicole Maliotakis, 11th Congressional District, Congresswoman here in New York, and uh, someone who makes sense. You heard what you just said about the mayoral race, uh, public safety being the number one issue, and you heard the uh, comments about Israel. She's been out there. She's been out there. And I hate to, I hate to borrow um, the line that we always used uh, in the Aldamato days, because, of course, Aldamato was not Jewish, but they used to say that the greatest Jewish leader we have now is Aldamato. When it comes to uh, what's been said recently about Israel, the greatest Jewish leader we have is Nicole Maliotakis because so many Jewish leaders, especially members of government and especially members of the Democratic Party who pride themselves on being Israel lovers, have been completely silent over the last 10 days. And that's disgraceful. 19 minutes after 8 o'clock. By the way, the, uh, the rally Sundays at 7 World Trade Center. Yeah, it takes guts to rally now. It really does. It always took guts to rally. But now, as you see people uh, becoming the victims of violent acts because they're holding Israeli flags on a street, we encourage everybody to be there this coming Sunday, 7 World Trade Center in New York. In the same, in the same communique, I, about 11 a.m. at the 7 World Trade Center, it's the northwest corner, by the way, of Greenwich and Barclay, the northwest corner of Greenwich and Barclay, uh, I saw in the same note as a 3 p.m. rally Sunday in Long Island at Grace Avenue Park and a 3 p.m. rally in Rochester at Louis Vogue Park, or Louis Vogue JCC up in Rochester. So apparently there are a bunch of uh, rallies taking place nationwide. Maybe these are all the New York ones that were sent to me in that email. That could be. Uh, anyway, uh, we heard about Charlotte from uh, somebody on our app. Charlotte has one later tonight. Uh, yeah, 6 p.m. tonight. Um, keep it coming, everybody. Keep it coming. Keep hitting the streets. I know it's not easy. Believe you me, I know it's not easy. Keep hitting the streets. Keep, um, 
Keep our voices loud for our brothers and sisters in Israel to hear. More coming up Thursday, JM in the AM. Say it is. But I feel. 
Off the Yiddish Nachas album, Ein Kelokenu, here at JM and the AM. Shmuel Levy before that. Hitoeri is the name of that one here at JM and the AM. Tight schedule this morning, but not too tight when we're uh, offered Yishai Fleischer as a guest. We need words of chizuk during these um, difficult times. Yishai, of course, is international spokesman for the Jewish community of Hebron, broadcaster with the Land of Israel Network among the many other titles that he has. Yishai Fleischer, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good to hear from you, Nachum. How are you? What's going on? Are you guys okay out there? Everybody's safe in America? (laughs) We doing all right? (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. I thought of you because, I mean, I thought of you more more than just today, because I believe some of the early riots that were going on around your mutual line were literally in the neighborhood that you live. Am I right about that? You know, uh, Nachum, uh, about three years ago, I moved down to Efrat ah. uh, because of my job in, in Hebron, and I needed to get closer. So I moved from the Mount of Olives, which was an amazing pr- privilege to live there, and moved down to Efrat and work in Hebron. And I've got to tell you, all those places have had riots. All those places have had attacks, every single one of them. Uh, just yesterday at the entrance of Efrat, attacks. Uh, in Hebron, we've had two Full-on miracles, full-on miracles, including an Arab, Palestinian jihadi lady with an M16 shooting at uh, 
uh, soldiers in at Hitchhikers and missing everybody, and, and she was taken down. That was yesterday. And uh, certainly in the Mount of Olives, uh, the community there, which is a, a little bit of an island, uh, has been under attack uh, for days and days. Things started to calm down when folks from the community themselves rushed out and started defending uh, their community from atta- from attackers. And so that calmed down a little bit, but it just moved to different parts of Yerushalayim, which is uh, what in the news is called Sheikh Jarach. But on the Nachum Siegel show, we know it to be Shimon Atzadik yeah. uh, neighborhood uh, and Shar Shechem, which the, the Arabs will call the Damascus Gate. Uh, and, of course, we've had it in other cities. See, there are things that are barely even reported, but people in Israel know. For example, the desert city of Arad had uh, basically, like Bedouins, cutting it off. The roads were practically cut off. Uh, they just took over these roads, and we had this... Uh, we had this onslaught from within, this this uh, uprising, if you want to call it that, or or basically like jihadi type gangs, uh, who who were um, let's put it this way, they weren't Zionists, they were reading Ruff Cook, and they weren't uh, you know accepting our ideas, they were accepting the ideas of, uh, of of radical Islam, and that's what we were facing out there. So this was this this conflict was different than other conflicts. We we were facing that inside the country, right. and then from without, from Gaza. 3,000-plus rockets fired at us, uh, and the old kind of system where they're firing rockets, this time the difference was they also were firing uh, with impunity towards Tel Aviv and also claiming that their whole thing is that they now represent the Palestinian movement and that they are the liberators and protectors of Jerusalem, etc. So you saw really, uh, let's call it a Hamasization of... uh, of the conflict where they took a much more uh, aggressive role in um in 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 the say of what the radical uh pro-Palestine pro-jihad forces were saying so they're they're the leaders of that right now. Yishai Fleischer with us live from Israel. Um no coincidence I'm sure as the riots that you just described Arad Lud Akko Yerushalayim, Efrat, etc., etc., etc. As those riots have been going on in the uh, inner city, so to speak, again, making this a little bit of a different battle than what we've got grown to get used to over the last few uh, operations, uh, I think it's no coincidence that at the same time, cities like Toronto, New York, L.A., Washington, Seattle, areas of South Florida, when Jews gather or when Jews hold an Israeli flag or when Jews walk the streets and look identifiably Jewish, they are being attacked in these random acts. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that the enemy now realizes that there's potential to hurt us from within in Israel. And now, Yishai, I think you would agree that this battle is now on the front lines around the world as the enemy is ready to engage with anybody who seems identifiably Jewish or Zionist and take matters into their own hands. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the battle's gone global, and the bullying has gone global. Uh, and, and you could reach two different uh, conclusions, two different maskanas, two different conclusions about, about what the situation means. It could mean, if let's say you're a Jew in London or in L.A. and you're under attack, you, say, you could say, 
Israel, you really messed up my identity here. I was living a nice, peaceful life, and everything was good, and you started this balagan, and now it's coming on my head, too. You really messed up my life. That's one conclusion. But that's not the correct conclusion. The correct conclusion is the second one, which is this is not about the so-called West Bank. This is not about rights, and it's not about Sheikh Jarrah, and it's not about, you know, uh, uh, you know well, cops on the Temple Mount, and all the, or, or Itamar Ben-Gvir visiting the Temple Mount. It's not about any of these things. It's an anti-Jewish, anti-Israel attack. Uh, it's an ethnic, uh, religious conflict. And, and, and in, in, in those uh, cities that you mentioned, they're also taking a cue, in my opinion, from the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. They saw that you could riot in the streets, and if you could riot in the streets, and there's not a lot of law out there, so okay, so you can beat up on the Jews. Every, you know, all 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 bad guys want to beat up on the Jews. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so here's here's their moment. They sense the weakness. They sense that. You, look, if 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 now look, I'm speaking as an Israeli. So you know, all the listeners have to forgive me. It's not because I'm partisan in American politics or anything like that. But I'm just telling you how I see it from my side. If 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 President Biden is basically embracing Rashida Tlaib and basically you know having this 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 like you know relationship that's very publicized and, and very you know friendly and he says I'll do everything to help you and all that kind of stuff. So okay, so 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 bottom line, the signal is anti-Israelism is cool, and and um, and indeed you know Israel is doing bad things, and therefore that gives you. Uh, the right to attack Jews, and that's what's happening. The conclusion has to be: Jews have to be strong. We have to stand up for ourselves. We have to defend ourselves. You know, and and I, and, I, and a philosophical point that I want to make is that we give over as citizens, we give over our right of police power, our right of self-defense to the police and to the government. But if the government doesn't do it, uh, that right reverts back to people. People have to defend themselves, uh, and of course, we have to find those people that uh, that stand with us. And yes, you know, I always recommend considering you know Israel uh, as home, uh, and and I and we welcome you, even though we're we're also under fire here. But still, I believe you know, at the end of the day, it's safer here. Um, but but we but we we have to. We have to accept that we're in conflict. We have to accept that, and we have to we have to lop off all the false rationales that people give for why the jihad and the forces that are that are associated with them attack us. It's not because we did this or we didn't do this. It's not because we give them here or we didn't give them here. The attacks on the Jewish people in Los Angeles prove that this is an ethnic religious conflict, uh, and we have to stand up for ourselves. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, there is no alternative, unfortunately. Or some might say, fortunately. Uh, I do want to mention, everybody, we were talking about the rally at the Seven World Trade Center this coming Sunday. We've also been informed that today, Thursday night, today's Thursday, as hard as that is to believe, um, because we had the short week, today is Thursday. And tonight, starting at 5.30 p.m., there'll be a peaceful rally in support of Israel in Times Square, New York City. Again, try to be there. Times Square, 47th Street, 7th Avenue. Again, 47th Street, 7th Avenue tonight, 5.30 Peaceful rally in support of Israel. We'll see how peaceful uh, the yeah, you know you know not com- if I can comment on that for a second. Sure. If I can comment on that, um, I've been to a lot of rallies in my life uh, and, uh, and, and for Israel and even for a few other things. I want to say something very important. If we're going to go out there to the streets of New York or anywhere else and we're going to go, Israel's got a right to defend itself. That is a, a ninny sissy, weak type of messaging, okay? That's like we have a right to defend ourselves. It's like we have a right to be, we have to be more aggressive out there, 
We have to say we have a right to crush our enemies. We have, we have to fight them right now. And when you go out to those rallies, don't bring, like, smiley kids and wave the flag and make it all, like, sweet and, like, you know, like, like everything is nice as though it's a glorified Israel Day parade. You've got to show vehemence. You've got to show rage. I know it's a tough, it's a tough word for Jews, but you've got to show that. And you've got to show, uh, be, be a little, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, scary out there. Be strong. Show, show that the Jewish people are strong. I, I, th- I think, you know, in all fairness, I think the makeup of these rallies over the last 10 days in America have taken on more of the personality that you're describing. That's the only way. And it's not because it's not because uh, it, 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 it's a matter of, of of making it clear to people that we will fight that we're strong and that's that's actually a, a form of deterrence. People have to see that we mean business that we're not just going to take it like sweetly and, and and you know and and yes Israel's you know it's a nice country and it's it's got a right to defend itself. That that stuff that's not working. Our look at the enemy. And their, their aggressiveness makes them also attractive to the next generation. They see their vehemence. They see their stride, strided uh, approach to things, and they're like, wow, they must be right because they're really angry. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that we have to – I know that being – you know, as Jews, it's not always easy for us to muster up those emotions. Uh, but it's, it's important to have a little bit more you know, of, of an aggressive nature uh, when, when, we, when we make those statements. Uh, and and – um, and and the, the you know it reminds me of so many stories of tzaddikim. I, I come from the, my my grandfather comes from the town of Ostrowitz in Poland, and there was a famous uh, rebbe there, Yechiel Meir Miostrowitz, and he was very very sickly because he fasted for forty years before the Holocaust. But when he heard that there was going to be a pogrom to the town of Ostrowitz, so he got out of his bed and he really was uh, you know under blankets and in bed he was re- he fasted as I said for forty years. He got out of his bed, took a knife like a butter knife, and stood in front of his door and he made everybody else stand in front of their door with the butter knife or whatever they had and the pogromchiki pogromchiki which is uh, the russian way of saying folks who make pogroms they saw the jews stand up for themselves and they turned around and left that's the way it has to be we gotta we have to be tough you know and that's part of jewish history as well if american jewry thought that they had escaped the regular lot of of uh, of Jewish history, you know, it was a nice time, but now it's time to face it. Uh, it's back. Jewish, Jewish history is back, and we've got to meet the challenge. Point well taken. Again, I think a lot of people are in the mentality that you're describing, but point well taken, and I hope people will, in fact, uh, uh, show the, uh, uh, the type of attitude that you're, uh, that you're describing. You're asking people to, uh, to exhibit during these demonstrations. Yishai Fleischer from Israel. Uh, finally, Yishai, a word of chizuk. I promised mm. everybody not just that you'd come on and discuss with us the uh, riots in Israel yeah. and the uh, people who are uh, unfortunately being attacked randomly or maybe not so randomly here in America and the rest of the world, but that you'd give us a, a word of chizuk to get through today. What can you tell us? You, you know, Nachum, I'll, I'll tell you what gave me chizuk. Shavuos, I went to my beloved mother's house in Yerushalayim, and I walked the streets of Yerushalayim. I went into the old city. And the square had had a lot of people there, the big square with the with the golden menorah. But then I heard a noise that sounded like some kind of huge soccer game, like a huge noise. And I walked into the Churva synagogue, and I saw there 
packed wall-to-wall, hundreds of fathers and sons learning Torah with such a fervor. I was like, wow, that is mamash, the, the fire of Torah. That was Asha Torah, I heard. Asha Torah, but don't get confused. It was at the Churva Synagogue. <laughs> and and it was such a, there was such a beautiful you know, sense of like, wow, this is Am Yisrael Chai. And it was a wonderful, wonderful Shavuot, wonderful prayer at the Kotel. It was great. The next day, it was Isra Chag. And for you guys, it was second day. For here in Israel, it was Isra Chag. The kids didn't have school. The kids didn't have school. It's hard to go to work. The kids begged me to take them to the favorite, their favorite place, my favorite place, which is Vadi Kelt or Nachal Prat. Uh, next to Anatot, which is this incredible stream with fish and with, with crabs and with frogs and with ooh, everything else, and just this freshwater stream in the hills of Yerushalayim. We went there, and we swam with the, the – and, of course, this is where your Miyahu is from, right, the prophet Jeremiah. And it's just like it, you felt such a life, a beating life force of the hills of Jerusalem. And then when we were done with that, I took them to the most incredible pizza place in the world, which is called Pizza Moshe. <laughs> And Kfaro Dumim, I can't wait to take you there, Nachum. I don't know if you're eating carbs these days or what, but uh, I want to. I want to take you there when you when you when you come to town. And over from from Kfaro Dumim, overlooking Yerushalayim and Maaleh Dumim and the desert, we had the best pizza imaginable. And then and then to top it all off, they had some creme brulee, and they brought out this you know vanilla pudding, and they put some brown sugar on it, and the guy took out a little blowtorch and and caramelized the sugar on top of the vanilla creme brulee pudding and i said oh my god this is this is an incredible moment and i said so our enemies shall fall before for us they'll be caramelized and we'll eat them okay we we and, and it's going to be all so sweet and I, all i'm trying to tell you is this is the bottom line the real chizuk is we're still here israel's amazing it, like like okay so they rose up against us and they made a lot of trouble but like we're here, and, and we're not going anywhere. That's the beauty of it all. They used to come to town and wipe out of town. Here, nobody got wiped out. Yeah, we had some inconveniences. It was a balagan. Okay, but A, the, the bad guys show their face, and we are here. We are here, and we feel it. We feel alive. I'm driving the streets right now. I was in Yerushalayim again. It's just like it's alive. The restaurants are open. People are going to live, and when you guys show up, and come here after this long corona, and after Mehron, and after this thing. You're going to come here, you're going to be like, I can't believe the light, and the life, and the Torah, and the, and the sweetness, and the air, and Yerushalayim. You, you can't believe what a gorgeous thing it is. So I, I, that, that's my physic. My physic yeah. is, I'm Israel Chai. And we're just... <laughs> you, were the right, you were the right person to call for some chizuk. By the way, is that the, is that the same pizza shop your meow used to go to at the end of the day also? Or... I, I, I'll tell you what, it is, it, it is a godly pizza shop, that's for sure. It's, it's French. These are French Jews, and they like, they just, it's not pizza. It's something else that looks like pizza, but it's incredible. Like, like they have a four-cheese pizza, six-cheese pizza, eight-cheese pizza, and a honey and something cheese, cheese pizza. That's the, the ones the kids like. I had them put, they put egg on it. They put egg, and there's like... Like sunny side up egg, and you dip pieces of pizza. I said, forget about it. It's something unbelievable, <laughs> and it, it just it gave me such a feeling like like nothing, nothing is going to stop us. That it just might slow us down a tad. Well, uh, you, but, you, you're you're a perfect example of uh, a living example of the obligation to love life. And Baruch Hashem, you have an extra bonus. You're loving life as you're loving it in Israel, which is pretty amazing. Hashem. Ishai, thank and I love you. my brothers and sisters, it's, and, yeah. and therefore, therefore, I want to thank you for 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 this phone call because what a good it is to talk to our to our uh, to all of Am Israel and all the lovers of Israel and to to be together in this time and to hold hands across the Atlantic. Ishai, looking forward to reunite uh, in 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 Israel. Please, God, very soon.
Thank you so oh, much. Amen. Oh, Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. Keep up the great work. Yishai Fleischer. Wow. <laughs> he leaves you speechless with those words of Chizuk. Unbelievable. Rally today, 5.30, Times Square, 47th and 7th. Rally today, Times Square, 47th and 7th, 5.30. Sunday, 11 a.m., 7 World Trade Center. Sunday, 11 a.m., 7 World Trade Center. Bring whatever you need to protect yourself. And I'm saying it that way that um, I'm not discouraging anybody from going. I'm encouraging people to go to these rallies. But prepare properly. Uh, because uh, these random attacks that are taking place can be very dangerous. Prepare properly. JM in the AM at a quarter before 9 o'clock. Thanks so much for joining us. Always appreciate everybody out there. Uh, Yesterday, Rabbi Spiro was on the brand-new book, is entitled The Prayer of Protection, all about Yoshev Beseser. If you have not yet ordered it, go to artscroll.com. Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Artscroll.com, promo code radio will get you a a nice discount, plus free shipping. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Our friends at Partners in Torah want to encourage you to spend uh, one hour a week during the summer studying with someone who wants to know more about their tradition and heritage. Become a partner. Become a mentor. Partnersintorah.org. Partnersintorah.org or 1-800-STUDY-4-2. Again, that's 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Our friends at shopeichlers.com, you know what they're all about. They're all about big savings. They're all about having every Judaica item imaginable in one place on one site at shopbyclers.com. And they're all about same-day delivery to an incredible list of neighborhoods in New York and New Jersey. Same-day delivery. Could you imagine ordering your Judaica now and having it by tonight? That's pretty cool. Go to shopbyclers.com. Go to shopbyclers.com. Take advantage of same-day delivery, an incredible website with thousands and thousands of items that will enhance your... uh, Enhance your uh, Judaica collection, whatever that might be. Could be books, could be gifts, could be children's items, toys and games, whole variety of things. Go to shopeichlers.com. Want to take this opportunity and wish a happy birthday. Happy birthday number 24 to the amazing young man who changed my status forever, definitely for the better. That's Avraham Gifter of Farakaway. So proud to call you my numero uno. Keep accomplishing. You're doing a great job so far. Together with Dasa, you make one heck of a magnificent team. Wishing you a fabulous day and incredible year ahead. With much love from listener Cena, also known as Bubby Florida. Uh, we know her as listener Cena. That's how she's identified here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And a happy birthday from all of us here at JM in the AM. Full schedule, as you would as you would suspect. Full schedule. Charlie Harari coming up. We've got uh, that's at nine o'clock. At ten o'clock, we have Allison Joseph speaking to Jenny Goldfarb, creator of Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. Miriam L. Wallach is going to be on this morning, starting at ten thirty with That's Life. Her guest is Shira Lankin Sheps 
of the Layers Project. That's 10.30 until 11. 11 o'clock for the live lunch. 7 p.m. Mark Zamek in the air of Shabbos Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. All happening here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
dal batoiro hoy batoiro ve amole batoiro ashe mi 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 chego dal batoiro hoy 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 vi amole batoiro ashe mi 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 chego dal batoiro hoy batoiro ve amole batoiro ashe mi 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 chego dal batoiro Yummy Lowey. Before that, J.J. Freed. Before that, Benny Friedman. So we get set to wrap up a Thursday morning broadcast. Tomorrow, Malcolm Holine, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us. Make sure to be tuned in for the weekly update. 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday. Thanks to all of our guests, Congresswoman Maliotakis, Yishai Fleischer, David Cutler. Thanks to everybody for uh, checking in tomorrow morning. It's weekly update time. Malcolm Holman will join us. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Make sure to be tuned in tomorrow morning starting at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.